0: Listener Production Take it away my dulcet-toned Adonis
1: Hello and welcome to Just The Gist, a weekly-ish podcast in which Rosie Waterland and I, Jacob Stanley, give you just the gist of what you need to know about a topic we think you'll find interesting enough to bring up at a dinner party Mm -hmm. And we are together at last in Adelaide.
0: Well, we've been together the last week because we did our very first live shows. And they were so much fun. They were so much fun. Mm-hmm. They were pretty loose and crazy, but they were, all four shows were sold out, mm-hmm. and um, the crowds were amazing. Thank you to everyone in Adelaide who came. We loved doing them, and. Um, They were great. We're going to do a lot more now, I think.
1: It was a hoot, honestly. Everyone who was in the crowd at all of the shows was so enthusiastic and we just had such a blast. We did not want to get off stage. We were just having too much fun. It was so exciting. Yeah,
0: our fourth show we got in trouble by the venue because we went like 15 minutes over time. We are like, (laughs) whoopsie. But we still
1: finished with our musical number encore.
0: Oh, that's a
1: surprise. Oh, right.
0: (laughs) A Costu- ridiculous costume change, major musical number, an encore no one asked for,
1: us. Yeah, they're not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> I'm spoiling nothing.
0: Look, just don't be surprised at our future shows, all right? <laughs> but um, yeah, it was really great. It was so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so now we're here in Adelaide recording a little epi-ep together. Mm. And then I guess when are our, oh, we're doing six- Melbourne shows. Less than
1: two weeks, yeah. Yeah, mm. cool. And then more to come.
0: Yeah, do you want to tell us before I get into breaking news what your topic is today? <gasps> yes, I already know, yeah, and okay, so Jacob said to me the other week, oh, "I'm not sure what to do next week. Here's a few options and he and he didn't even say this option. I just saw it on his computer screen, and I went, oh, "Do that one." Mm-hmm. I'm so excited about this. And
1: you didn't even realize at the time that it is perfect timing because we are celebrating the one year anniversary of when we all became obsessed with Tiger King. That happened Ah, this time 12 months ago, exactly. It did, didn't it? It's quite fitting that Mm. this story is about how wrong and how dangerous it is to own exotic animals. What is the story? A lot of you will remember in 2009, a woman was mauled brutally by a pet chimpanzee who famously ripped off her face and her hands. It is an intense story.
0: This is an intense one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love how like delicately you put that. And all week I've just been going, the chimp that ripped off the face. (laughs) (laughs) Jacob's going to tell me about the chimp that ripped off the face.
1: That's how most people remember it. Yes. So,
0: okay, we'll get into that. If that's something you maybe don't want to hear about, maybe skip the bulk of this episode, but we got a lot of breaking news before that. Let's go. Let's go. Breaking news, breaking news. I got the scoop. But see, X-ray, X-ray, read all about it. a Breaking news. It's coming down the wire. Oh, my God. At the shows, can I just say to all of you negative Nancys, basic Karens out there who constantly message us about how much they hate breaking news – Everyone at the shows loves it. And everyone sung along to the song. So suck on that.
1: It's really gone to her head. It really
0: has. <laughs>
1: Which again, surprise to no one.
0: Uh, although it was like a lot, it was definitely like mass hysteria room energy because I was like, everybody loves it. And then one girl in the front row was like, I don't really. And the whole room was like, <laughs> boo. So I think there were probably people who didn't like it who were too scared to say in front of me and a lot of people.
1: Which is very understandable, (laughs) yes.
0: (laughs) Anyway, it's sticking around. All right, so this week it was announced that Elizabeth Banks um, has signed on to direct a new movie based on a true story about cocaine bear. (laughs)
1: <laughs> We've had a lot so, of people running. Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so because you, like, control the justices Instagram mostly, so you would be getting all the messages mm-hmm. about this. Yes. Yeah.
1: So They want us to do a full episode on Cocaine Bear.
0: I don't know if there's enough to do a full episode, though, to but be can honest. But do a
1: movie?
0: Well, I mean, yeah, because it'll be... F- it's not like they know what happened with the bear. Anyway, uh-huh. okay. <laughs> so <laughs> I looked into it. In the 80s, a drug smuggler was flying over like the some wooded forest area in the US, um, dropping packages of cocaine, and then he would parachute out of the plane to go down and get them. I guess that was a way of transporting them. He um, dropped the packages of cocaine. He jumped out, but his parachute didn't open, and he um, slammed into someone's front yard and died. <laughs> And then they the police went <laughs> looking for the cocaine. I
1: started to laugh.
0: But what they did find was a dead bear, 315 kilogram bear. And when they cut him open, they found he had eaten 150 <laughs> kilos of cocaine. So everyone kind of jokes about the fact that like this bear just had the night of his life.
1: <laughs> He went out on a
0: high, but I did find this quote. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, (laughs) (laughs) the medical examiner who looked at the bear at the time Mm. told the people of Kentucky, which is where it happened. Its stomach was literally packed to the brim with cocaine. There isn't a mammal on the planet that could survive that. Cerebral hemorrhaging, respiratory failure, hypothermia, renal failure, heart failure, stroke, you name it, that bear had it.
1: <laughs> what a way to go. What a way to go. <laughs> oh, so apparently
0: wow. it's quite a legendary story in the town where it happened mm. and and now Elizabeth Banks is making what will no doubt be a very hilarious movie about it, so <laughs> I, I love
1: her. She's going to do such a good job. It's, it's going to be perfect. Hands so
0: funny. In more movie news, I love this. So the Oscar nominations were announced last week and history has been made. So there are only two films ever that have had their first film and the sequel both nominated for Best Screenplay Oscars. Mm-hmm. Those two film franchises are The Godfather mm-hmm. and Borat. Oh! <laughs> How great yes. is that?
1: How yes, well great deserved. Is that? So well and deserved, and it is
0: because the Academy, like notoriously, is very snobby about comedy films mm. and rarely nominates them. Like Bridesmaids was nominated for Best Original Screenplay about ten years ago. I think you know Juno won it, but that's arguably also a drama. Like mm. it just never nominates. Comedy stuff. And mm. so for Borat to have been nominated back then and now again, and only the second franchise in history behind The Godfather to get both films nominated, it's a big deal. Oh, that is
1: fantastic. Yeah. Yes.
0: It's a big deal.
1: If you haven't seen it, people, because you think that you don't like that sort of cringy, embarrassment mm. type humor, push through it. I promise you are going yeah. to love and it. And
0: even if you didn't like the first Borat, Borat subsequent movie film. Because it's set so much around the Trump era and Mm. what is happening in the US, particularly today, even if you didn't like the first one, you'll probably like this one. Mm. Yeah. So it's um, a well-deserved screenwriting Oscar nomination. I don't think it'll win, but it's just really cool that, A, they've nominated that film in particular, but just also a comedy in general. It's Mm. a big deal. The other thing in the news this week is, um, did you hear about Kylie Jenner getting in trouble This week?
1: Is this about the girl? Her makeup artist? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) She's so gross.
0: Kylie Jenner. Okay, but no, there's another side to it that I hold on, Mm -hmm. bear with me. Okay. So, Kylie Jenner, billionaire. She shared a GoFundMe of a makeup artist she's worked with who he was in a terrible, horrific car accident a week ago and suffered a horrific brain injury and needs several brain surgeries. And, you know, in the US, I mean, just to have a baby costs like $10,000. So a complicated brain surgery is like Mm $100,000. And so his family started a GoFundMe to help pay for his medical expenses. The GoFundMe was only asking for $10,000. She donated $5,000 and then she shared the GoFundMe with her fans and said, please help help this makeup artist mm-hmm. and everyone was like, can you get f you're a billionaire, yeah. like just pay it mm-hmm. and I looked someone tweeted, um, Charlotte Clymer who's a great person to follow on Twitter, um, at C-M-C-L-Y-M-E-R Charlotte Clymer she tweeted, and this was a good point folks are defending Kylie Jenner by pointing out she donated $5,000 to her makeup artist medical GoFundMe, her net worth is $900 million mm. so that's of her net worth. Mm. If your net worth were, say, 100K, it would be like donating 56 cents. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, Mm. relative to her wealth, if she just paid his whole medical bill mm. and everyone's like so why don't you effing pay it like mm-hmm. you're being ridiculous um someone else and this is also a good point Kylie Jenner who makes $19,000 an hour asking for dollars from her fans to help pay her makeup artist for his surgery is an excellent example of why we need universal health care mm-hmm. even billionaire employers like Kylie aren't willing to pay for their employees health care why doesn't he have health care mm-hmm. so that's also another good point so she was getting in a lot of trouble But it did then come out that he's not actually her makeup artist. She worked with him twice in 2015. Mm -hmm. She's not met or known him or seen him again since then. He does work for other people in Hollywood, and so she heard about it on the Grapevine, Mm -hmm. saw the GoFundMe, and just shared the GoFundMe and donated some money to it. So then I was like, well, if you're super rich, are you expected to just pay out every GoFundMe that someone sends you? I'm just playing devil's advocate. I'm just asking. And
1: I understand that the (laughs) fact that she did it in a performative way, it's not like she did it in private and then didn't mention it to anyone else. Instead, she made it obvious to the world that she made this gesture towards this guy. Um,
0: but also that is so dumb because if you're a billionaire, do you really think people are going to be impressed that you donated $5,000, which like they said is like mm. relative to a $100,000 salary. That's like donating 50 cents.
1: Yeah. And is what, like a quarter of the price of the handbag that she bought for her toddler daughter. Yes. Yeah. So it's, I mean, it's such a small gesture. Um, that she's made, but then it feels like she was expecting applause. I can't imagine that she actually runs her own social media machine, though. So I feel like someone else made a a misstep on her behalf.
0: Maybe. I mean, to me, the more interesting conversation is whether or not she should be expected to pay it. Mm -hmm. Like, a lot of people are saying, why should she pay it? She doesn't even know him. And other people are saying, but why shouldn't she? She met him a couple of times and... I don't know. Mm. (laughs) Anyway, I just, extravagant wealth is gross. Until you have it, then I'm sure it's quite lovely.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Can't wait.
0: (laughs) Oh, okay. Here's some devastating breaking news for me. Um. I can't get into a lot of detail about this, but there is a restaurant chain in Sydney called Chargo Charlie's. Oh, that. Everybody knows about it. Mm. It's a, it's kind of like really cool char grilled chicken, like a takeaway shop, but like really nice, mm-hmm. really amazing salad. I post about it on my Insta all the time. Really amazing salads, chickens, burgers, stuff like that. Now they have something called the Black Card, <laughs> the Char Grills Charlie, the Char Grills Charlie Black Card. And um, look, I'm not allowed to say what it is or what it does, but I will tell you that I've had it. I've had it for the last year and a bit. Mm. They sent it to me at the end of 2019, totally out of the blue. It was the best thing I've ever gotten. (laughs) They were very adamant that I was not allowed to share details about what it is or what it does. (laughs) All I can say is it's probably been the best year of eating in my entire life. Mm. It genuinely has brought me and my sisters closer together because we always go there to eat together. Mm -hmm with the black card. Mm. Not that I'm saying what it does or how it works. And mm-hmm. anyway, I got a I got a little notification the other day that my time with the black card has come to an end. Because everybody only gets it for like mm. it's you don't get it forever. It's a yep. finite amount of time.
1: Like being president.
0: My t- yeah. yes, my time is up. Mm. So I'm Devo. And I have heard that um, they recently gave one to Matt Damon, so I'm thinking I got shafted for Matt Damon Mm. because there's only a limited amount of black cards. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, if he's the only person in the country (laughs) right now who is a (laughs) rung above you, then that's a compliment. (laughs) That is a compliment.
0: I am Devo, but I just want to say to Chargill Charlies, I have loved having the black card so much. Thank you. I will never reveal its secrets, (laughs) only that it exists. (laughs) I will hear its name whispered in the wind for years to come <laughs> and remember my glorious time with Chargo Charlie's black card. Yeah, think of the memories. Yeah, that's I do have all the memories. Yeah. yeah. Friends along the way. Yes. That's what so that is. um anyway, that's some devastating breaking news in my life, but I will just remember the good times. Mm-hmm. Bless you, Chargo Charlies. <laughs> so that's all my breaking news. Mm-hmm. What have you got? Have you got any breaking news? <gasps>
1: well, I'm very excited that we're heading to Melbourne next week, not only mm. to do our live shows, but also I'll get the chance to see your solo live show, Kid Chameleon, which I got the chance to see mm-hmm. when it was on very briefly here in Adelaide last year and absolutely loved it. I've loved, obviously, all of the live shows <laughs> Thank you so that much. you've done in the past. <laughs> yeah. And, um, There are a lot of people who have just jumped on board. We've had a really big spike in subscribers Mm. over the last few months. So welcome, everybody. If you're wondering where we sort of came from to begin with, uh, Rosie's origin story is actually a really, really fascinating one. Um, And you might not be aware, she's written two really, really candid books, memoirs about uh-huh. her life, um, The Anti-Cool Girl and Every Lie I've Ever Told, which obviously are both very much worth a read. Um, well,
0: they were, um, you know, critically acclaimed national bestsellers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> International bestsellers, yeah, I believe. Well, yes,
0: and, you know, uh, shortlisted for many literary awards. Mm-hmm. But um, that's just... Uh, keep going. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just in case you weren't going to mention that. But, no, I would. well, I guess the funny thing is... We did it just early on. We did adjust the gist on Jacob mm-hmm. because no one really knew who you were or what your deal was. And that was sort of, you know, a while ago. Mm-hmm. And now I guess like. Because of my ego, I didn't realise we needed to do one on me. I was Mm. like, oh, they all know who I am. They're all just old school fans. But we've got so many new fans now. Mm. And I keep getting all these messages from people saying, oh, I listened to Just the Gist and I had no idea you'd written books or Mm. I had no idea you had another podcast, which has sort of made me go, oh, like people know me for more things than The Bachelor now. Like people Mm. are figuring out who we are just from this show, which is exciting. Mm. And so I just, yeah, should I just, what should I Should I describe? I don't know. Well,
1: I mean, you can describe a little bit about the books and then um, maybe also I would just encourage everyone, come and see the show, whether it's before you've read the books or after you've read the books. If Kid Chameleon's coming to your city, you're Mm. going to want to see it because seeing Rosie tell these stories in person in a lot of cases act them out (laughs) as well um, is a real feast for all of the senses.
0: I think what's surprised a lot of people who have been messaging through and emailing me is that a lot of people don't realise I had a very difficult childhood. Mm. You know, my dad had schizophrenia and took his own life when I was quite young, and my mum has a bunch of mental health issues. They were both alcoholics and drug addicts, and my mum was a sex worker, and, and and so that meant my sisters and I bounced around a bit and mm. were in fostones and all that kind of stuff. It was very tumultuous and um, and um I guess, you know, lends itself to a lot of quite often funny stories. Mm-hmm. And so I wrote The Anti-Cool Girl, my first memoir. And then my mum said that all of it was bullshit and that I was lying. <laughs> so then I did a podcast with her called Mum Says My Memoir is a Lie, which mm-hmm. is also available through Listener or anywhere you get your podcasts. One podcast of the year in 2018. And... Um, <laughs> I basically just read each chapter of my book to my mom. And then we sat in a room and she talked about why she thought it was bullshit. Mm. And I was like, well, you were drunk. How would you know? And she was like, well, you were six. How would you know? And we fought a lot about it. Mm. But yeah, then on top of the books, I started touring stand up um, with stories based, you know, a lot around my childhood and mental health and other things a few years ago. And my newest show is Kid Chameleon. And It just goes into quite a bit about childhood stuff and adult stuff and how I had to shape shift to survive that very, very weird childhood. Mm. But it's a very, very funny show. Because when you grow up like that, if you don't laugh, you will cry. Mm -hmm. So I chose to laugh, and that's what I do in these shows. And um, I guess that's a little bit more about it if you want to come see it. Kid Chameleon tickets are on sale for Melbourne now. They're also on sale for Sydney, although I think... Sydney's almost sold out, so you should get in quick. And Melbourne is running out of tickets, so get in quick too. And then we'll tour the rest of the country and, um, yeah, please come.
1: I'll see you there. That's just I'll be a, in the audience.
0: Yeah, a little, little just... Quick, just the gist of me and what my show is about, because a mm-hmm. lot of people have asked. So it felt easier just to do it here <laughs> than to write back to all of you. Yes. Which I always forget to do anyway. <laughs> Sorry. It's
1: not laziness, it's efficiency.
0: Exactly. Mm. Okay. All right. Yay. So that was. Do-do-do-do-do. Breaking nose. And now the chimp that ate the face. <gasps>
1: oh, this is the darkest episode I've ever done. Oh, my God. And
0: all week, Jacob has been like, Rosie, it's so great. I'm not sure I can, maybe you should do this one. And I've been (laughs) like, no, because I want to force you to do this because it's funny to me and also I can't wait to be shocked by it. Mm. And I think if I had told you this one, you might have fainted. Probably. Like I think you needed the time and cushion of researching it Mm -hmm. at your own pace. Mm Mm-hmm. But now we're just going to throw it at you in one go. So I guess we should put a, what kind of, just an intense trigger warning on this one. It's an intense intense.
1: episode all over. There is one section that I'm going to sort of rope off and tell you you might want to just skip that little particular section if you don't want to hear the really, really graphic stuff. So I'll give you another warning when that comes up.
0: Okay, yep. cool. Here we go. Here we go. All I'm right. ready.
1: So many of us remember this story from the beginning of 2009 because it was massive globally. A, because it was so horrific. B, because all of the reports were increasingly graphic. There was so much detail. And C, because so many people just had no idea that chimps can be dangerous. Mm-hmm. that just thought of chimpanzees as being exceptionally cute and there's probably a lot of people who... You know, they love the idea of having a pet chimp.
0: I already have a question. Yeah. Which one is the chimp? Because I just call them all chimps. Okay. Do you know, like, the gorilla's big, monkey's small, Mm -hmm. chimps in the middle.
1: Yeah. So, chimp doesn't have a tail because it's an ape. That's the difference between an ape and a monkey. Right. Yeah. And in terms of genetics, they are closest to humans than any other type of hominid. Mm -hmm. They're a very social animal. Mm -hmm. They... But
0: these are the ones that we teach sign language to and stuff, right?
1: Yes. Yeah. Okay. But they do even more sophisticated things. And about
0: how big are they?
1: Uh, they can grow up to, um, in terms of weight, mm-hmm. think double my weight, but that's mostly because their muscle mass is so deeply condensed in How terms tall. of height, probably about my hip height.
0: Is... The one that Michael Jackson had, was that a chimpanzee that he used to walk around holding his hand? Okay, I've got a visual. Gotcha.
1: Bubbles was quite a small one, though.
0: Yeah. Um, He was quite small, but yeah.
1: Often when you see those ones and they're dressed up in tuxedos, you know, they're used for novelty acts in a lot of cases, which is actually really, really sad. Mm. Like I said, the attack, huge news story in February of 2009, but the story starts a few decades before that, when Sharla Nash and Sandra Herold first became friends. Mm -hmm. They were working in a traveling rodeo show that was going around the United States. Mm -hmm. They were both very, very skilled horse riders that would perform in those shows. And Sandra was about 15 years older than Charla. Charla had run away from home when she was about 17 years old. So, Sandra sort of became like a big sister and almost a mentor to her. Later on, Charla ended up moving to Connecticut so that she could work full-time for Sandra and her husband, Jerome. Mm -hmm. Um, They had a couple of companies in Connecticut. One of them was for car towing when your car would break down or you're in an accident. And then they also owned the car repair shop there as well. So... Charla and Sandra worked together. They ended up becoming more like family than just friends. But over the course of decades, they were very, very close. Mm -hmm. Ever since the days of working in the rodeo, Mm. Sandra had yearned to own a chimpanzee of her own because Mm. they'd worked with chimps in some of the shows. She'd Mm -hmm. seen these chimps riding around on horses, which...
0: Kind of like the Tiger King-esque animals in... Bears and stuff like that, That's like the right. gross way they, yeah. Oh yeah,
1: it's foul, it's animal yeah. abuse. But she saw it and she said, "I want one." Yeah. I'm in. Okay. After more than 20 years of wishing that she could have a chimp of her own, she decided that it was time to make her dream a reality. Mm -hmm. Now, it's worth pointing out that different states in America have different laws and rules when it comes to owning exotic animals. And Mm -hmm. in Connecticut, there were absolutely no restrictions on owning primates of any sort. So it was perfectly legal for Sandra to own a chimpanzee as a pet. Um, There were no even restrictions on how her home had to be set up to, you can just have it. You can just have it.
0: And yep. where do you get it from? From someone like Tiger King, That's just fine. from a dodgy place. Oh, yeah. no, yeah.
1: So she placed an order with a breeder who was in Missouri. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty obvious that ordering this chimp was an attempt to fill a pretty big void in her life. Did she not have kids? She had one daughter, and that daughter had moved away interstate. Right. She missed her terribly. Yeah. Also, both of Sandra's parents died in uh, a short okay. period of time. So yeah. she was pretty unhappy and she felt like the chimp was what was gonna bring back. And a what bit is of joy she here? He, like 50? She's in her early 60s at okay, this age. Okay, early 60s, yeah. yeah. Now, the chimp turned out to be a baby boy that she called Travis. She named him after her
0: <laughs> Travis. favorite
1: singer, a country singer called Travis Tripp.
0: Oh, yeah. okay.
1: And Travis was born at this breeding compound in Missouri in October of 1995. And this is going to be a real gut punch. This mm. is really, really sad. Travis's parents were called Coco and Susie. Mm-hmm. Coco was a male who had been trapped in the African jungle in the 1970s. He'd just been living his life, as chimps are meant to do, mm. in the wild. And he'd been captured by poachers, ripped out of his natural habitat, and sold off for $12,000 to go and spend his life living in a cage in Missouri. That's awful. Heartbreaking. So he lived the rest of his life in captivity just for the purpose of breeding as part of a commercial enterprise to make two people wealthy.
0: To sell pets, That's chimpanzees
1: Pets. Oh, yeah. Susie, Travis's mother, had been born and raised in a zoo, but had then been sold off to this breeding compound Mm. so that she could just keep pumping out baby chimps. So they just forced Coco
0: and Susie to do it. Yeah and Susie to just be perpetually pregnant. Yep,
1: and then they just kept selling off the kids. It is so infuriating saddening. It's like a puppy farm, but, but chimpanzees. Yes. And even more sad, I think, because chimps and humans have, you know, so much in common and they're so The way emotive. they raise their babies. Yeah. So
0: they're taking babies yeah. from this woman, this chim- chimpanzee lady.
1: Yeah, and Aww. get ready for this to break your heart because two days after Susie gave birth to Travis, the captors that she had shot her with a tranquilizer dart to knock her out, stole Travis from her. So you can imagine what it was like for her to wake up and she's lost her baby. She has no idea oh. where her baby has gone. It is absolutely crushing and disgusting to picture the fact that they didn't just do this once as well. This was happening over and over again because Travis had siblings all across yeah. the country.
0: It's like that scene in um the documentary Blackfish mm. when they take the little whale from his mom and... Mm. She's swimming around the pool doing those sounds that mm. travel for like thirty miles, mm. trying to let her baby hear her that she's yeah. still there. We should do an episode on <laughs> Blackfish on Tillicum and all that. Oh. Yep. That would
1: be oh. a good one. I know. It's gutting. Um and Just briefly, Coco and Susie went on to live a pretty short life from that point onwards. Mm -hmm. They did keep having more babies. Their life ended in quite a horrible way, but they had had enough and so they made a break for freedom. (gasps) Um, Like the ones in Newtown last year. Yeah. (gasps) Um, they made off. Uh, this is a love story
0: that needs to be turned into a Dumbo like Disney movie. Yeah, they just, made a break for it together.
1: They did, with another <gasps> of their friends. Oh! Yeah, but um, How that far was did a very sad ending. Not very, not oh, very Oh, this
0: is just a yeah. gist, so we don't have time, but no, t- no tell the, me what happened. Well, uh, <laughs> Quickly.
1: A guy who felt that he was being threatened by them shot them. <sighs> yeah. So, yeah, someone who had no connection to the breeding compound whatsoever saw them and killed them.
0: No. Yeah. He did
1: actually face legal repercussions. But what the, a fine. Yeah.
0: Oh, geez. Um,
1: sadly, the people who were doing all of this disgusting activity, the breeders, didn't face any repercussions. Okay, I'm own.
0: feeling like I want a chimp to rip a human's face off now. So... <laughs> All right.
1: <sighs> uh, Ugh. I wasn't going to go into that because I Tragic didn't want this history. to be too much of a bummer. Anyway, the very next day after Travis was stolen from his mother, Sandra Harold joyfully came along to collect her new little baby boy Travis. So he's
0: three or four days three old. Three days
1: old. <gasps> Sandra paid fifty thousand dollars for him, <gasps> and then she what? Yeah.
0: What? What? Mm-hmm. And what year was this? Nineteen ninety-five. Fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars,
1: which was nothing to her. She was worth about ten mil.
0: Right. Yeah. Um, But I mean, so that's no wonder that people are doing this. It's lucrative. It's lucrative. Yeah,
1: for sure. They only spent 12 grand to get Coco, God knows how much, to get Susie. And And then then they were just money makers for them. Yeah.
0: Oh, my God. It's like her vagina's an ATM.
1: (laughs) Wow. To get Travis back home to Connecticut, yeah. all Sandra had to do was wrap him up in blankets and take him on a commercial flight, just carry him like a regular baby, no questions asked. This is how unregulated this whole industry was at the time.
0: Do you think people knew it was a chimpanzee or would the hostesses like, I don't want to ask if that's just a really hairy, ugly baby?
1: I reckon she was probably showing him off. She was very, very proud okay. of Travis. Yeah. Okay. Okay. As Travis grew up, as far as he knew, Sandra was his mother. And yeah. she raised him very much like a human son. She put him in a baby cot and she had him in nappies until he was <sighs> ready to be toilet trained. Um, they taught him to live like a person. He brushed his own teeth. He ate at the table using cutlery. He used the TV remote to change channels <gasps> to find what it was that he wanted to watch. If he was thirsty, he would go to the fridge, yeah, open it up find whatever drink he felt like, pour it into a glass and then drink it from the glass as opposed to just chugging from the bottle, which is what I would do.
0: This all sounds adorable, like, Mm. you know, but, I mean, the thing with these animals is, yes, it's fine, but they're still wild.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: You can train them to do this, like, adorable domestic stuff, Mm -hmm. but they are still a wild animal. Mm. the
1: fact that they can then do these civilised things is part of what creates that illusion that they actually are as sophisticated as us which they're not he used the microwave to heat up his food when he was hungry (gasps) he could use a computer he used keys to lock and unlock doors he could ride a bike he would mow the lawn he figured
0: out how to lock and unlock doors like Mm -hmm. the raptors in Jurassic Park That's when things are dangerous. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Um, He
0: mowed the lawn. He
1: mowed the lawn. They taught him to drive a car. And I'm not talking like a Dodgem style mini car. They taught him to drive their car that they made some modifications on. He was more competent Uh, than uh, us.
0: I don't know how to drive.
1: And I don't know how to ride a bike. (laughs) And I've never mown (laughs) along. Oh my god. (laughs) Yeah. Sandy and Jerry. Never
0: tell Caleb that a chimp knew how to drive because (laughs) he will be so annoyed at me. He's so annoyed that I don't know how to drive. Oh my God. Never reveal.
1: (gasps) Yeah, crazy.
0: I have no idea about all of this. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. He slept in. Sandy and Jerry's bed with them every single night and he just interacted with people like he was a people, even though he had the strength of five grown men. By the time he was fully mature because yeah. their muscles are yeah. so tightly packed, he was incredibly strong and really powerful, but he just didn't really know it because he wasn't treated as mm. an alpha. He was sort of treated as a beta who had to obey.
0: And they're, you know, the way they're treating him and the way they've formed this life and relationship with him they are completely letting their guard down Mm
1: -hmm.
0: when it comes to the possibility of any danger.
1: Never crossed their mind that he would be in any way violent ever at all. Yeah. Because they don't have any sort of expertise or training when it comes to raising an animal like this. They just And there was no requirement that they had any sort of training like that. for a while, Sandy was incredibly happy. Mm. Um, she had Travis and her daughter had divorced her husband and moved back home <gasps> with her grandson. Mm-hmm. So she had her baby son, Travis. She had her grandson, Tyler. They were best friends and they played together <gasps> all so day, every dangerous. day.
0: Mm-hmm. That is so Dangerous. Everything
1: went fine, luckily, but yes, incredibly dangerous. Travis became a local celebrity, so they would drive around the town with him and he would wave out the window at people and everyone would wave back. Yeah. They'd take him shopping and he would choose some of the things that he really wanted for himself.
0: Jacob, it sounds really adorable. It does, like, yes. I'm, you know what I mean? So
1: much of this sounds idyllic. Yeah. And, the, you know, when you watch things like Tiger King as well, when you see the beautiful parts, yeah. you can't help but go, I would love to have that sort of experience. Yeah. How fantastic. But... Yeah. No spoilers. It goes wrong.
0: I think it goes wrong. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So the good times, I wouldn't say, are worth the bad. Yeah. When they would take him to restaurants, he'd have his own seat and they would read out the menu to him and he would choose what he felt like eating. They just treated him like a person. That's.
0: He wouldn't have known what they were saying. He
1: did. He responded to language really well. Yeah.
0: But they've debunked. On the episode of You're Wrong About, Mm -hmm. Michael Hobbs and Sarah Marshall debunked Mm -hmm. the whole thing about Coco the Gorilla being able to understand words and talking and stuff.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, I'm choosing to believe. (laughs) (laughs) Um, If
0: Sarah and Michael debunk it, I believe them. mm -hmm. I mean, you want to think they can understand, but I mean, and they can understand things like come here, sit, things that other animals can understand, but mm-hmm. it's not like they're going, do you want duck à l'orange or roast chicken? And he says roast
1: chicken. He's not saying roast chicken. He would respond. No, but he but said, he's not
0: understanding. Yeah, he's just responding
1: to... Rosie, he was driving a car. <gasps> yeah, but that's not... He's a lot smarter not- <laughs> than Coco.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to... Okay, all right. There's just... I'm going to put a pin in that in my brain. Fair enough. All okay. right.
1: Okay. <laughs> People absolutely loved him. Whenever he'd be out on the street, they'd want to get photos. Mm. He was the mascot for the Herald's business. So he was on billboards all over town as well. And whenever they would go out on their towing jobs, they would often take Travis with them. So people would get really excited. that Oh, Travis is coming. Yes, my car's destroyed. (laughs) uh, But I get to play with a chimp. And because police were often there at the site of those crashes, the police all got to know... Travis pretty well. Pretty much all of them had pictures with him. And so the police also, they were the ones who looked the other way. When Sandy started allowing Travis to drive the car around on public roads, they just permitted it because they knew how much everyone loved Travis. And they also had this inherent trust Mm. for Sandra and Jerry. Now, like I said, things sounded very idyllic, but then when they started to go dark, they went very dark. First of all, Sandy's daughter died in a car crash. Oh,
0: no. Yeah, mother
1: of three. Unfortunately, (gasps) she fell asleep at the wheel and that pushed Sandy into a really terrible deep depression. And as she became more and more depressed, She started to become more and more permissive with Travis
0: What do you mean permissive? She
1: started letting him just indulge in a terrible diet Because he had quite expensive tastes He loved to eat a lot of chocolate Mm -hmm. He loved lobster Mm -hmm. Steaks Mm -hmm. She would let him eat whole ice cream cakes at (gasps) a time um, she also started letting him drink wine every night. <gasps> yes. He,
0: no. He was just allowed
1: whatever he wanted. I mean, they first fed him wine kind of as a bit of a joke and he really loved it and yeah. he finished the glass and so then they started allowing him to have a glass every night. At this point this as is well. animal abuse. It really is, yes. Even letting right.
0: an animal eat like that is animal abuse. Yes. Yeah. You can't. He put
1: on a lot of weight. It yeah. impacted his organs terribly. Well, yeah, that I was going like to say like it's eating.
0: just – it's, it's like how you can't give a dog chocolate because mm-hmm. they could die. Like, yeah. you've got to be so careful. Ugh.
1: Bad for the system. Plus, at this time, he was coming into sexual maturity, Uh-oh. which is a complicated time yeah, for a young been? male. This is now coming up on 10 years that they've had him. Okay. Yeah, and chimps you know, they mature a little more quickly yeah. than humans do. So he was entering puberty and he was an absolute spoiled brat. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there are a lot of parents out there who can relate to this mm-hmm. when they've had their own teenage boys and girls mm-hmm. start to enter this phase. Very temperamental, quite volatile, very disobedient and rebellious. And
0: if she had indulged him mm-hmm. and he's an animal, so it's not like you can train an animal to be unindulged. Yeah. like. Mm-hmm. That's how he's been trained to be
1: Yeah, a lot of the discipline that we've learned in our lives We've learned when we were very young Mm. And they kind of missed that window in a lot of cases this all became even worse when Sandy's husband, Jerry, then died. Oh no. um, they discovered that he had stomach cancer when it was way too late to save him. Mm. Just before he died, he told Sandy, You need to send Travis off to live in a sanctuary. You're in your late 60s now. You yeah. can't do this on your own. It was one thing when it was the two of us. If it's going to be just you, you're really going to struggle. And yeah. Sandy, she would not entertain this idea at mm. all. Travis was now the only family that she had left. Yeah, because I was going
0: to say, are the kids gone with their dad or whatever? Yep. So she doesn't even have the grandkids around. That's right, oh, yeah. Oh, And the
1: grandkids were cut off from her as well because she blamed their father for... For
0: the daughter's death.
1: For the car crash, yeah. So
0: she really... Once her husband dies, it's just her it's and Travis. Not. And Charla. Yeah. Oh, and her friend Charla. Yeah. Okay. <laughs>
1: He continued to become less and less disciplined and he was very difficult to control. Also, Mm -hmm. Travis was in deep mourning because he didn't understand where Jerry had suddenly disappeared to. Um, And he's got all these hormones pumping through his Mm. system and no sort of sexual release whatsoever as well. Now, by 2005, it was illegal in Connecticut to own a primate that weighed more than 50 pounds. The law had changed. Mm Travis at this point weighed 220 pounds. 50
0: pounds is what, about 25 kilos, 30 kilos? Yeah, so we're talking like
1: you can have a small monkey. Yeah. You can't have a big chimp. Yeah. But the cops decided not to enforce this law on Sandy out of compassion for the fact that Travis was the only thing that she had in the world Mm. and also for the fact that everyone in the town loved Travis. Mm -hmm. So all the locals would be crushed if they lost him. So Sandy was just sort of left in peace and she became quite reclusive living with Travis. Uh, One of the very few people who had come to visit her was Charla. And she was out helping to keep the Herald's businesses running while at the same time helping to make sure that Sandy's house wasn't becoming too decrepit Mm. with time.
0: Because you said she's 15 years younger. So she's, okay, yeah. Yeah.
1: And she's sort of stepping in to just sort of make sure that everything is, you know, going as smoothly as it possibly can. That maintained for a few years. Travis's teenage rebellious phase sort of kept getting worse and worse and worse. Mm -hmm. He got more and more disobedient, ate more and more junk food. And because Sandra was starting to find it really difficult to control him, she started to roofie him. So when he was really rambunctious and unsettled, she would slip a Xanax into his tea Most of you will know Xanax from pop culture references. It is, in humans, anti-anxiety medication that has a sort of tranquilizing effect, not intended for any other primate.
0: I mean, I've taken it um, at some of the most acute points of my um, PTSD and anxiety. So I haven't taken it in years, but it's the kind of thing that I didn't take every day. But if I was having a particularly bad panic attack or something... Mm. I would have Xanax, and it makes you feel like all of a sudden just sort of really spun out and drunk and sort of calm and happy and then I would just fall asleep for 10 hours. Mm. (laughs) Like that's what it would do to me as a person. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And that's what initially Sandra said would happen to Travis. Yeah. She said when she'd give him a Xanax, it would just calm him down and then he'd go off to sleep and he'd be easier for her to manage Mm -hmm. for a while. She flipped on that story later on and said that she'd never given him Xanax and she absolutely never would. Problem for her was she was recorded when she told the story the first time. Uh. Anyway, on the fateful day of Travis Travis's attack in February 2009, as you probably figured out he had been slipped a Xanax on that day. Um, He'd been a menace all day long He'd eaten a very big lunch of fish and chips And then an entire ice cream cake And he was roaming around the house Just sort of bored and agitated Because he was probably really, really horny Yeah Um, He wanted to go for a ride in the car But Sandy wouldn't take him out for a ride Because she had plans to go and meet up with someone Mm. She was planning to leave Travis at home Which he probably picked up on And didn't want to be left home Because he was bored So he'd stolen the house keys and the car keys And he was out in the front yard Roaming around and just refusing to give them back. Yeah. Sandy had been trying and trying, and then she called on Charla to come and help her get him back inside the house so that then she could go and meet her friend. Yeah. Charla arrived in her car and she thought to bring one of Travis's favorite toys with her, which mm-hmm. was a Tickle Me Elmo to help lure him mm-hmm. inside the house. She got out of the car, Mm. she held up the Elmo in front of her face to get Travis's attention. Oh, my God, yeah. He turned around, saw her, and just in the blink of an eye, charged at her, picked her up, threw her on the car, then threw her down on the ground and started mauling her in the most horrific way imaginable. Sandy panicked, understandably. She picked up a snow shovel that was nearby the driveway and just started beating Travis in the head with it. (gasps) That had absolutely no No, impact whatsoever. No, it wouldn't. It'd be
0: like hitting me or you with a ruler, bing, bing, he wouldn't feel it.
1: Exactly. You can just imagine the noises that everyone was making at this point, Charla, Sandra and Travis. Sandy ran inside the house, into the kitchen, grabbed a butcher's knife, (gasps) came back outside and stabbed Travis (gasps) as deeply as she could in his back. Travis turned around to face her and at first she said he had this wounded look of hurt in his face like mum, what. What have you done? Why would you do that to me? Then all of a sudden it just transformed back to that look of intense fury and he just went back to ripping into Charla.
0: So he didn't even, she stabbed him, Mm -hmm. he turned around, looked at her and then just turned back around and kept. Kept going
1: with Charla, yep.
0: When you, okay, you're going to tell me, you say mauling and ripping Mm -hmm. into, what are we talking?
1: I will get to all of those details because they didn't really discover the extent of it until she was taken to hospital.
0: Oh my Mm. god. Okay, I vaguely remember cuz the only reason I know of this story is because there was this famous Oprah interview, mm-hmm. right, about what happened. Mm-hmm. And I vaguely remember there being a recording. Was it when someone called 911? I'm get
1: to, yeah. Are you going to? This is the point where she calls the cops. Yeah, yeah. cuz
0: all I I remember just screaming. Mm. Yeah.
1: So, after Sandy tried stabbing Travis, and it didn't work. She realised, oh, my God, when he's finished with her, I'm going to be next. And so she just ran to her car, which was parked nearby, locked herself inside it, used her phone to call the police in absolute panic. Yeah.
0: Yeah, this is what I remember.
1: just seen the most horrific thing, the chimp that she considers to be her son doing the most Awful thing imaginable And tearing her best friend In the world To shreds The audio of the call Is available on the internet If you want to hear The entire thing It is absolutely Mm. Chilling And you can hear The desperation And the terror In Sandy's voice She was begging the 911 operator to get cops there as quickly as possible to shoot Travis. That was what Mm. she just kept repeating. You have to bring guns and you have to shoot him. The operator understandably seems to be trying to evaluate, is this a prank? Because it sounds so difficult to Mm. believe that a woman is saying that her pet chimpanzee has started attacking her best friend and ripping her to shreds. Mm. And she sounds so hysterical as well that it almost could be Bad overacting. So you can hear at the beginning of the call, it sounds like he's trying not to laugh because he doesn't actually believe that this could possibly be real. And he thinks that there's like bad sound effects going on in the background where you can hear the chimp screaming. Um, He got a fair bit of criticism from people saying, how could you not have believed this? You sound so incredulous. I can actually really empathise with Mm. it at the beginning. You would think that this could be a prank call, but whether he thought it or not, he did get the cops out on their way as quickly as possible. And
0: also we all hear it in context. Mm. Like I I remember hearing it when I watched the Oprah show. And so you're listening to it, to it knowing it's real. So it's very easy for us to say, how could you not have believed it?
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Plus God knows how many prank calls he has had. Yeah. Yeah. over the years that were probably just as um, yeah, ridiculous. ridiculous. Yeah, ridiculous. Yeah.
0: I'm like, I am just on the edge of my seat. This
1: is very tense, yeah. Yeah. Keep in mind... The cops, when they're on their way, they've known Travis his whole life for 14 shame. years and they've been told that they have to go there armed because he's done this horrendous thing. While the cops were on the way, Sandy stayed on the phone with the operator, still absolutely hysterical and frantic, begging for them to get there quickly. And the things that she is seeing, she's talking about. So yeah. she says Travis has ripped Sharla's face off. He's tearing her apart. Then it gets to a point where she says he's eating her. He's <gasps> eating her. So. She was absolutely certain that Charlotte was dead and she was dead certain that if the cops didn't get there soon, she was next. And the operator told her, make sure the doors are locked on the car. And she's just crying, saying, it doesn't matter. He's so strong. He'll be able to rip the doors off this oh Volkswagen that I'm in. So she's in absolute terror until finally the cops arrive. She starts screeching, shoot him, shoot him, shoot him. And Travis notices the cop car. He walks over quite calmly at first, but then he gets aggressive again and starts knocking the side mirrors off the car. He tries to get in the passenger's side, which is where he was used to riding in cars all the time. Oh, my God, yes. Couldn't get in there, so then he runs around to the driver's side. Rips the door open (gasps) Thankfully for the officer He had had just enough time to get his gun out And just as Travis was standing there Growling and snarling at him And getting ready to lunge The officer fires his gun four times Into Travis's chest Yeah Travis stumbles back Yeah doesn't hit the ground, he wanders around for a little bit. Oh, my God. Poops on the ground. Yeah. And then just stumbles back into his house where he goes upstairs to his bedroom and just lays down in his bed and dies, probably completely confused about what has happened. No idea
0: what he's done or what's going on. Exactly. He goes up to his bed. Yeah. That is a really heartbreaking detail. Uh
1: and we have no idea what was going through his head at this time but there's every likely every likelihood that he was experiencing hallucinations and because was, of
0: the Xanax yeah. <gasps> mm. really yeah
1: um it hasn't been closely studied the effects of Xanax on chimpanzees mm. but that is what they're expecting that he probably was blurring what Very was real confused. and what was going on in his head so yeah. but
0: also even if he wasn't He's a wild animal, and maybe he just cracked it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, yeah.
1: Yeah, there's lots of different contributing factors. Yeah. Now everyone just assumed that Charla must be dead. There were He was
0: eating her. Yeah.
1: and there were pieces of her face and her hands <gasps> scattered around what they assumed was her corpse. The blood loss was visibly enormous. And then to everyone's surprise, all of a sudden Charla reached out both of her arms towards with no one hands of the on them. Yeah.
0: Handless arms reached up
1: and her face was completely gone like just demolished just a bloody no mess. face yep.
0: like no skin no mm-hmm. just face off
1: yeah everyone who was at the scene said it was the most horrific thing that they'd ever seen most of them are still in therapy because they were so deeply oh, traumatized yeah. by what they saw yeah yeah but they got their shit together, they bandaged her up, they rushed her to hospital as quickly as they could.
0: And can I just say, this still isn't even the part that you said you're going to section off because it's disturbing. Correct. Oh, my God. Yep. <laughs> what? Um, okay, keep going.
1: She was fully conscious throughout all of this. Mercifully for her, she has no memory of it, but at the time she was fully conscious Was and she, moving. like,
0: screaming in agony? Yep,
1: trying desperately to make noise, but she'd lost her mouth, so she couldn't... <sighs> voice a lot. They kept saying it's a miracle that she's alive. It's so hard to believe that she's alive. It seems cruel yeah. that she's alive. Is it actually At that a curse point, yeah. if we keep her alive? Now, this is the bit where you might want to skip ahead. If you don't want to hear a lot of these details, then just skip ahead by maybe a couple of minutes.
0: Okay. All right. Oh, sorry. Oh, I said the <laughs> F word. Okay. Oofed. Okay. Here we go. Here we go.
1: When the doctors finally got to properly examine the damage that Travis had done, that's when they realised that it was so much worse than anyone ever could have imagined. He'd not only ripped off almost all of the skin and muscle from her oh face, including both of her eyelids, he'd bitten into the skull <gasps> of her face. He'd broken almost all of the bone in the her entire skull and then he'd ripped out all of the cartilage and the bone from the middle of the face including all of her top jaw so all of her top teeth were gone (gasps) all of the wounds were incredibly filthy because he'd been out in the yard so there was a lot of dirt in there as well as they were trying to clean out the wounds and sort of separate where the different bits of bone fragment had come from they found more and more of travis's teeth So that's how deeply he'd been biting into her to the point that his teeth became embedded and were ripped out of his own skull. Both of her eyeballs somehow, though, were almost completely fine, but her tongue was almost completely gone.
0: (gasps) No! Mm -hmm.
1: So when people say he ripped her face off, I think a lot of people just assume that he took off a whole lot of the skin. No, no, he took a whole lot of the structure away as well. That's just her head trauma. On her arms, on her left arm, he had ripped off the entire hand from around the middle of the forearm down.
0: And is that, when you say ripped off, he just has the strength with his hand.
1: And his jaw.
0: So he bites into it and then rips it. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. So, yeah, so he'd ripped her.
1: Left arm off, (gasps) yeah. On the right-hand side, there was about 5% of her hand still attached, just hanging on by a thread, and it just looked like it had been through a shredder. (gasps) And it just seemed so impossible that anyone could survive These sorts of injuries, but they did what they could to clean her up. Obviously, they kept her in an induced coma for a few months while they started off the healing process. Yeah, they had to. Um, They debated taking her off life support and just letting her die in peace, but it was her brother who kept fighting for her and saying she's not a quitter. And I would say, like, we have this chance what kept her going and what her brother probably knew would keep her going was the fact that she had an 18 year old daughter who meant the world to her and so i think that's why he said we have to give her a chance and he was the one that encouraged the doctors to do everything that they could so that meant starting a 15 month long process of intensive care to try to rehabilitate Charla as best she could.
0: So so they woke her up after a few months? Yep,
1: And I'll get to talking about the recovery process in a little bit. But first, just to um, explain what happened to Travis from that point onwards. So while Charla's okay. in hospital getting all this intensive treatment. Travis's body was taken away They removed his head Because that had to be sent off To be tested for rabies Because that was a theory That maybe he'd somehow gone rabid He had not When they tested his system During the autopsy Of course they found What they were expecting Which was Xanax By this point already Sandy was denying That she'd given it to him And said he must have Somehow found the tablets And just dosed himself um, oh,
0: yeah, he found the tablets and took two. Yeah. <laughs> Please, <laughs> <Yeah>. come on.
1: <laughs> she already said that she'd put it in his tea and she'd already said, normally it doesn't affect him like this. Yeah, yeah. okay, yeah. Like we said, Xanax in humans, calming hasn't been tested on apes, but we do know from studies and from common sense that yep. medications will often affect different species of animals quite differently. Mm. So they're assuming that it may have actually acted like an intense stimulant that caused some hallucinations. It would have also potentially reacted with the other the other medications that he was on. Mm-hmm. Plus he was really, really unhealthy. All of mm. his organs were messed up and he's got all those teenage hormones mm-hmm. pumping mm-hmm. through him as well. The theory is that he had seen Charla as a threat, even though mm. he knew her really well. she just had her hair cut and coloured the day before and it was quite a different okay. style for her. Yeah. And her face was covered by the Elmo toy, which was one of oh, his right. okay. favourites. Yeah. And so that's probably what just caused him to completely freak out while he was in that sort of drug-induced state.
0: Yeah.
1: Everyone pointed the finger of blame at Sandra. Yeah. She was the one who was responsible for all of this Because she'd been reckless and she'd been so arrogant oh, Giving yeah. him that sort of lifestyle Yes um, Part of me felt really, really sorry for her Until I found out that even after this whole incident She didn't learn her lesson and she bought another chimp <gasps> She wasn't allowed to bring it back to Connecticut with her, but she bought another chimp and had another friend in another state look after it. And she would just go every couple of days to spend time Get with this effed. chimp. I lost so much empathy for her when I found out that after all of this had happened, she was willing to let history repeat itself.
0: Like the first time she was just ignorant and an idiot. Mm-hmm. The second time she's selfish and reckless. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's
1: Criminal. It is, yeah. It's yeah. upsetting. It's really upsetting.
0: And also that the first chimp attacked her friend and then the second t- chimp, she let it live with a friend.
1: It's crazy. <laughs> it is crazy. What? What? Anyway, her life continued to spiral. She lived alone in that big house yeah. and she obviously was not doing well in terms of mental health. She refused to clean up Travis's blood off the floor that he'd left wow. in that trail when he took himself off to bed to die. Yeah. Within a month, Charla's lawyers filed a $50 million lawsuit F-yeah. against her. Yes. Yep. If we were to jump ahead, we would learn that four years later they would end up settling for $4 million. Not enough. Not enough for what it is that she went through. But at the time that Charla was still in hospital, Sandra died of an aortic aneurysm just very, very suddenly, wow. May 2010. Obviously, the result of the intense stress that she was under from yeah. the lawsuits. Also, she was getting a lot of hate mail and death threats from mm. animal activists. Um, the media were making up a lot of stories about her as mm. well, including that she was having a sexual relationship with Travis. Come on. Yeah. She was mourning the death of her entire family and, of course, just the trauma of what she saw that day. It was all just too much, so her heart just gave out. That meant that Charla never got the chance to speak to Sandy ever again after the attack because Charla was still in hospital. Um, And all that Charla said was she really hopes that Sandra was now in peace because she had become Mm. such a troubled person. Now, Charla's recovery, obviously very lengthy, and it stayed in the headlines for a very long time because people just could not wrap their head around the fact that this had happened and someone had survived. The top priority in the first few days was to fight off the infections from the bite wounds. Mm -hmm. As anyone who's been bitten by an animal knows, it will get infected. So, naturally, this was a big risk, and it was... Almost what ended up killing her. And so, this is
0: when she's still in the coma. That's
1: right. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is within the first few weeks. Her f- own flesh started to rot on her body because Ooh, of the bacterial no. infection. Yeah, They had tried so hard to save both of her eyeballs, but the infection spread to them. So they no. ended up having to be oh, removed.
0: Oh, fudge. I want to say the F word. Yes. <laughs> I've never wanted to say it so many times in an episode. Mm. Oh no, the miracle of them surviving physically.
1: Yeah, and And they really fought to try to keep them, but the infection is what took them out. Once the infection had been put under control, they were then able to start rebuilding the basic structure of a face. So they took some bone from her leg Mm -hmm. and tried to recreate an upper jaw and something that would sort of resemble a nose. They just wanted to make it possible for her to... Breathe easily, um, potentially in the future, eat and also hopefully talk. Yeah. When the day finally came that they were. Of
0: course, because no tongue. How does she talk? Yeah. So they
1: reconstructed as much as they possibly could. And then when they were ready and felt like she wouldn't be in too much pain, they brought her out of her coma. Mm -hmm. When she came to, she asked them to turn on the lights. And this was when they had to explain to her what had happened because she had absolutely no memory of the attack whatsoever. And so they had to fill in the blanks for her about what had happened.
0: What's the last thing she remembers?
1: Driving over to Sandra's place. (gasps) She has no idea what happened from that point onwards.
0: Goodness.
1: Um, And doctors have also told her as well if she ever does get the memories back, they can give her medicine to block that yeah, out because she does not want that. to know. She has said to them she doesn't want the gory details. So you and the people listening to this know a lot more about what happened to yeah. Charla than no, Charla knows. Good. Because people all over the world are gross, they were super curious to see what Charla looked like. And so the mm. media were doing all sorts of underhanded awful things to try to get into the hospital and get photographs of Charla. She had to have a guard posted outside her door 24 hours a day to make sure no one got in and took a sneaky photo of her. Yeah, She declined massive offers of money from all sorts of different publishers around the world because she didn't want to be put on display as a freak until finally the day came when she agreed to go on Oprah. Oprah, this is
0: when I saw it. I think this is when a lot of people, particularly in Australia,
1: absolutely. Wind of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she knew that Oprah would be sensitive mm-hmm. and respectful and treat her as a human. So, in October 2009, just nine months after the attack,
0: it was only nine months. Mm-hmm.
1: So, this was on Charla's birthday. It was shortly after they'd done the surgery to put the bone into her face from her leg to yeah. recreate a nose. She sits down with Oprah for a 20-minute interview. Um, She was wearing a veil for Mm. most of the time. She was incredibly gracious and very candid Mm. about her experiences. Highly recommend that you go and watch it. Mm. Straight off the bat, she's advocating for major change in the United States to make it impossible for people to own wild animals in residential areas like this. She's really, really inspiring and she just keeps saying, I'm the same person that I always was. I just look different. Yeah. So that was just the beginning of her recovery. From that point onwards, she's had more and more sophisticated surgeries. The army paid for her in 2011 to have a double hand and face transplant.
0: Mm, and yeah. wasn't she one of the first to have a like a full face transplant? She, she was, was one of the
1: first. Yeah. Yeah. And the army were the ones who were happy to pay for it because she could then participate in a study. So they could, you know, learn a lot about how to do this better going forward. For
0: for veterans and stuff. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The surgery took 20 hours and had three different teams working on one on her face, one on each Each, hand. Yeah. And just imagine the muscles, the nerves, the blood vessels, the bones, the teeth that they had to put into place. They even restored her sense of smell, (laughs) which is miraculous because she lost both her sight and her sense of smell in that is amazing, yeah. unbelievable. At first, it was a total success. Then, sadly, a few weeks later, she got sick with pneumonia, and it cut off circulation to the hands. so mm. the hands had to be removed. But
0: because what is it, do they call it? Rejection? It's a yeah. rejection syndrome, rejection. Or, yeah, something yeah. like that. It's where, where
1: it your just... immune system starts to attack. The, yeah. Um, the, what, what would what you call
0: you, what's what been transplanted exactly, yeah. onto you, yes, or um, into you, whatever it may be.
1: Yeah. A while later, they were scared that the face was being rejected, but they can fix that with medication. So that's yeah. now stayed exactly where okay. it needs to be uh, since about 2011. And they've you know made a few improvements mm. to her to sort of make it look more and more like a normal face. She is... Really and truly such a symbol of tenacity and Mm. hope. Um, She's never wanted to be seen as an object of pity. What she wants to show the world is the fact that her life has continued to improve and she's become more and more independent. They had told her she would never be able to live alone. She would always have to live in an assisted care facility. Yeah. She has lived alone since 2016 and she only has carers come and look after her on Mondays and Fridays. So she looks after herself all weekend. And she's shown the world that she still has a sense of humour as well. So when people tell her she looks great, she just goes, oh, I've had a bit of work done. (laughs) (laughs) She's so great. Um, For the last few years they've been trying to figure out a way to get a functioning robotic arm Mm -hmm. working for her as well. And what's really admirable as well is she's just dedicated herself to making sure that this sort of thing never happens again. Mm. She took legal action against the state of Connecticut, tried to sue them for $150 million because they didn't enforce their own laws on Travis. Yeah,
0: when they changed the rule. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Even when there were warning signs. So all the way back in 2003, Travis one time had gone on a rampage in the city and had stopped traffic for several hours.
0: Of course he had. Yep. That's the th- That's like when they're like, oh, it was the Xanax. No, he's a wild animal. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah.
1: And they just wrote that off and said he was just being playful. That's what the police report said. Mm. There was no action taken. The mayor of the city had actually just told Sandy, please just make sure that this doesn't happen again. And Travis was grounded for one day. That was the only consequence that came from that.
0: And he doesn't know what being grounded is. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's just so stupid. If anything, that annoys him more and makes him want to rampage even more. Yeah,
1: he was suffering consequences, but he definitely didn't put two and two together to understand No, because he's an animal. Yeah, yeah,
0: he can understand basic things. He can do cute things like push down a pedal and steer a car, but he doesn't understand things like consequences for your actions. Mm -hmm. Like that's where it's obvious he's an animal without the ability for complex thought.
1: So at least then all of that was brought into the light because they had to publicly admit, yes, we chose not to take Travis away from Sandy because he was a local celebrity at the time. And they had to admit that they'd done the wrong thing, but they didn't have to actually pay the money. She's continued also to lobby, to change laws across every state. In the US to make it harder, if not impossible, to own any type of exotic animal, which I think is a fantastic cause. Mm. And she's absolutely on the right side. And she's been able to make progress because of the fact that her case has been so high profile for 12 years now. Um, She's quite well known over there. So, like I said, phenomenally admirable and she's living a really really happy life with her daughter and she's really focusing on getting better and better at horse riding which was her one true love to begin with
0: that's lovely but I'm also going to show my just (laughs) base interests here Mm. and say can I see a picture of her now
1: oh absolutely yes yes
0: and I, I know that 90% of you are thinking the same thing and have probably already
1: searched it on your phones.
0: But I really want to see a picture of what she looks like now. Because all I remember in my head is this veiled figure on Oprah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And she looks so much better than that now. Yeah. She's got false eyes. They've recreated okay. um, eyelids for her now mm-hmm. as well. She's got upper and lower teeth.
0: I hate that this is what I wanted. You're like, and she's doing great things and she's learning to horse ride. And I'm like, show me a photo. <gasps> she looks great.
1: She's had a bit of work done.
0: She's had a bit of work done. She looks great. Yeah.
1: She's learned to look after herself so well. She gets out and about as yeah. well. She doesn't wear a veil anymore.
0: Oh, yeah. She, she's
1: well loved in her community as well.
0: Like, if you consider what you just described to me, that it wasn't just her face, but basically the front half of her head was ripped off. That's right. She has a a whole face here. Yeah.
1: Science is incredible. And I'll show you, just to give you a reminder of what she looked... Well, firstly, that's what she looked like before the attack.
0: Okay, so that's before and after.
1: Now I'll show you when she was on Oprah.
0: Oh, yes, I want to see that. Yes, this is what I remember. This is what I remember. Whoa.
1: So a huge amount of that swelling comes from the fact that she had just had a lot of the bones placed into her skull. Okay. So a lot of that fluid would have gone away relatively quickly.
0: It really is kind of, to be honest, at this stage, at least I would have felt like this, a blessing to not be able to see anymore Mm. because you would just wouldn't it be psychologically so damaging to see yourself like that?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, she didn't even really touch her yeah, face because obviously she's she crossed her hands as well.
0: Um, wow. So if you go from this picture of her on Oprah to what she looks like now, like that is incredible. Mm,
1: the, incredible. And they made that progress in less than five years.
0: Wowzers. Mm. Modern science, man. Modern yeah. medicine. Get vaccinated, idiots. <laughs> like, they know what they're talking about. They know what they're doing. Mm.
1: I love it when we end with a message.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Oh, that was good.
1: Get vaccinated. Don't buy exotic animals.
0: And I also feel like a bit of a dick that I've been like, tell the one with the chimp eating the face." <laughs> I've been so voyeuristic about it, but it is actually like a really, that is essentially a story of just overcoming horrific adversity oh yeah
1: yeah her tenacity something
0: and that resilience. i do not think i could survive like i'm always like wow well, i was in foster care my parents were drug addicts and i'm like oh off Rosie <laughs> you basically grew up in Disneyland like mm. at least I never had my face ripped off by a sh- chimp yeah. you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. that's what I should call my next show <laughs> <laughs> in the meantime tickets to Kid Chameleon <laughs> oh, no, <okay. laughs> that was <gasps> woofed mm. very good mm-hmm. so we give you just the gist but if you want more we'll put all your links resources links. in yep. the show notes mm-hmm. I think I need to lie down. Yeah, it's, it's I intense. my body has been every single muscle in my body has been tensed for this whole time.
1: I think Felix was just nodding as well. Yeah. yeah. I need
0: to like go and just relax and just, whoa, wow. Yeah. I need a stiff
1: drink. Go for a walk, everyone. Yeah. Okay. I'll shake it off.
0: Wow, that was a good one. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Love you. See you next time. Love you. Bye. Bye. Listener.